0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome
1: to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable with me, Sean Fever. This week I chat to the team of Kings Cross Steelers RFC about their pathway programme, Life in Lockdown and the documentary Steelers which is premiering at the Glasgow Film Festival this weekend. But first, our friends at Rugby Store have still got 10% off everything on their website RugbyStore.co.uk for the entire Six Nations. If you use the promo code FYBPOD you can get yourself an extra 10% off your order. So visit RugbyStore.co.uk. And use the promo code FYV Pod at the checkout. Now let's get to my chat with the team of King's Cross Steelers RFC. Hi everyone, uh welcome to this week's edition of the Philly Boots. Well, wow, what are we doing? Oh, it's gonna be some editing here. Uh <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to this week's edition of the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. Uh my name's Sean Phelan. Uh thank you all for watching. Uh and yeah, you know, as there's no rugby going on uh, for the last few weeks, we've been uh, profiling uh, some of the biggest and best and you know most brilliant rugby clubs up and down the country, uh, and this week is no different uh, from the brilliant Kings Cross Steelers. Uh, hello, gents, how are you? Good. How are you, Sean? Oh, I'm good, thank you, pal. Good, thank you, pal. Matt, we did the rugby show together back in the summer, didn't we? Uh, and we, we did, were yeah. About sort of uh, the state of the game, uh, so it's good to have you back. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Uh, If you want to just introduce yourself uh, and let us
0: know sort of your role within Kings Cross Steelers. Sure. Yeah. uh, Matt Webb. I'm chairman of the Kings Cross Steelers. Uh, Been with the club about seven years now. Um, Still, uh, still front row when I get the chance to play. Um, And yeah, just you know, passionate about what we're doing. But uh, yeah, good to talk to you again after the show. Who'd have thought back in June or whenever it was that we'd still be doing these Zoom calls and virtual things? But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully out
1: of it soon. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, for giving up your
2: evening. Casper. Uh, nice to meet you, pal. Uh, oh, welcome you to the too,
1: roundtable.
2: Sir. Yeah, um, thanks, mate. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so, yeah, my story with the Steelers, I joined probably, I think, the same year Matt did, actually, um 2014. Um, I played for the um, first 15 as Flanker pretty much since then. Um, and uh, at the start of this season, I was um, made uh, captain, which obviously um, means that so far I have an unbeaten run.
1: Hey. Lovely. Good night. Thank you uh, for giving up your time. Uh, and Brian, welcome to the roundtable.
3: Uh, thanks for having me as well, Sean. Thanks for the invite. Uh, I'm Brian. I've been in the Steelers since 2018. I joined the party programme, having never played rugby before in my life. So, uh, pretty new, but, uh, but loving it. Uh, and I play in our fourth team, our development team. Uh, and up until uh, pre COVID, I've been a prop in the front row. Uh, but I've lost a bit of weight and gained a bit of fitness so I don't know where I'm going to be now but we'll need to wait and see what happens at the end of this. I may put it all back on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no doubt, it's bound to happen. So Matt, tell us about Kings Cross Steelers, uh, give us a bit of background on the club for people that might not know who you are uh, and the brilliant work that you do down there.
0: Sure, Uh so yeah, I mean we're based in West Ham in East London. Uh, we were founded back in 1995 so during lockdown last November, we celebrated our 25th birthday, which was, you know, pretty special for us. Um, we're the world's first gay and inclusive rugby club. Uh, we were set up by six gay and bisexual men who needed uh, a place to feel comfortable to play rugby and, and wanted to take their love of rugby to the uh, to the sort of next level of actually playing and forming a club and a team. So um, they started it. They trained Finsbury Park. They trained across London. They found a home uh, in West Ham. Um, and 25 years later, we've gone from six to 250 odd members now, um, and you know, a, again, inclusive rugby following that uh, is, tops almost 100 clubs around the world. Um, we, uh, as I say, we, we've got four squads in our team right now, everything from the first down to the uh, the fourth, first playing at level eight, and you know, out in the Essex uh, RFU leagues. Um, and yeah, just you know, it's 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 a it's a great club, great community feel, great family, um, and, and we're really proud of what we're doing down there. Excellent. Uh, and Casper, how did you get involved? Uh,
1: and tell us a little bit more about the the you know, this, the last few seasons, sort of pre-COVID.
2: Um, yeah. Right. So I I joined um, as I said in 2014. I played rugby um, pretty much you know all through school. Played for um, a fair bit for a club team called Effingham Leatherhead in Surrey. Um, yeah, I know it just, well, yeah. 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 Good, yeah. Good bunch of guys. Um, and so after I um after I left uni I thought I'd um, try out and um, I just heard on the grapevine that it was um, a solid like a uh, inclusive team around and so I, I joined and um, to be honest I had some preconceptions and um, they're, they're all a lot better than I thought so um, I um, stuck around with them and, um, and yeah been around for about seven years now. Um, in terms of uh, the seasons we had leading up to this um, we had a um famous now now famous um unbeaten season a couple of um couple of years back um an actual one as in we played games <laughs> and we didn't lose a single one um and so that was obviously fantastic we got promoted um and so the next few years i'd say pretty, you know, solid um, mid-table and the, the year leading up was a bit topsy-turvy. Um, you know, we, we had our good runs, we had our bad runs, but I think we've really bedded into the league and um, we're really looking forward to um, taking it on and, and maybe taking it through to um to the Bingham Cup, um, but sadly that wasn't to be due to so obviously this pandemic. I think I might have lost connection to Sean. No, I think
1: you're good. I think it's Sean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Yeah, don't worry about that. We'll edit that out. My internet, for some reason, is here. Even I've got boosters everywhere. It's it's, it's rubbish. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, Where was I, Matt? When we on, when we talked about on the uh, rugby show, you talked about this great um, initiative that you do for new players that have never played the game before. Um, uh, Can you give us a little bit of background on that? Uh, And Brian, uh, did you come through that? um that uh initiative uh having never played rugby before.
0: Yeah, so
3: yeah
1: that's
3: why that John Brian
0: no, sorry, you go for it. So, but the pathway to rugby, yeah we have done it uh, six times now um, we have up to 60 guys who join every year and have sort of never played rugby before. Maybe it's because they've moved to London from a different country, a different area where they didn't have the opportunity or because they sort of self-excluded and felt that rugby or sport wasn't for them um but you know the reason yeah grinds here tonight nice to talk about that more because the stories that come out of that and the way that it changes people's lives i think is it's quite phenomenal so yeah you had take away Brian. yeah uh, it's, it's,
3: uh, it's a fantastic uh, opportunity uh, for, for men uh, I, uh, what can I say? Like, uh, it is life changing. Uh, I only what this is my third year coming in, or would have been my third season as dealers. Uh, never thrown a rugby ball before in my life. Where I came from in Scotland, it's all about football, and I hated it. I hated the kind of toxic masculinity behind it, particularly in Central Scotland. It's very Rangers v Celtic, uh, and it just wasn't for me. So I, I self-excluded uh, throughout my life. I uh, had friends who were in the Steelers, I moved down to London seven years ago, never had the confidence to go for it, and finally threw my hat in the ring and managed to get a place in, in the party programme, was unfit, never played before, and literally the, the team taught us from scratch how to play, how to pass, uh, and the kind of best moment so far is going to Dublin, the Union Cup, uh, it seems like this last year, but it's almost two years ago now after the, the long 2020, uh, and was getting ready to go to Bingham Cup as well, the first massive worldwide tournament for us uh, after the Union, which is obviously uh, but it's more European for us. But yeah, uh, it's been a huge change in my life. Uh, some of the friends I've met through the club are the closest friends that I've ever met. I mean, you're, you're a rugby guy, Sean, you know what, rugby teams are like, it's like a brotherhood, and it really is. Yeah. Uh, but having that meeting, a lot of the guys that I've met through the team are people that have never, never crossed paths, different backgrounds, different, uh, even, in, even in the gay world, which is quite small, people you'd never meet, never mind become best friends. So it's a huge, huge part of my life.
1: Yeah, brilliant. So what, what does this pathway uh, into rugby sort of entail? Um, obviously, we've got, you know, you, you became a prop out of it, but um, what are sort of the stages that you have to go through to, to you know, get on the rugby field uh, at the end of it?
3: Well, it's, it starts at the very beginning, I think I, I think we, we started off casting my mind back is doing a bit of netball rugby uh, and getting used to passing and things like that and then some passing drills as well as the fitness. The fitness is pretty heavy to start with because the vast majority of us are not fit at all. Uh, and Simon, in my year, put us through our paces, one of our volunteer coaches, put us through our paces, usually on a Tuesday night, the, the few of those, those horrible words that used to they ring in my mind around the double pitches three times used to kill me. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it starts off as that, and it just progressively gets uh, harder and harder and, and, and more in-depth and you learn more about the game and the strategic side of it. And as well as that, we watch other teams, we watch the ones, the twos, the threes and the fours at the time, uh, we watch a lot of rugby together. Uh, we did a lot of bonding uh, and then I think so that we started in I think the second week in September by the end of October we went to Edinburgh to the, the cardonian and Thebans uh, rugby clinic that they have every year and it's uh, a number of teams uh, come round normally seven or eight teams and it's a weekend of of uh, full contact rugby uh, and that's your first taste of rugby really and then uh, you continue to develop and then we'll have a pass out game of uh, pathway versus pathway with some of the some of the, uh, the other players from other teams uh, versus each other. We normally do it under lights and have some drinks and have a, a good night. But obviously, covers through a spanner and not works for the guys
1: this year. Yeah, no doubt, but no doubt.
0: doubt. Yeah, I mean the the no, I, game is pretty uh, legendary. It's usually a big Friday night game, and you know the entire club turns out to it as well as friends and family and parents. You know, the, a lot of the guys who never thought they'd be playing rugby in front of their parents or brothers and sisters or. You know loved ones and your partners suddenly you know it's, it's it's a really big night uh some of the older members of the club get in and uh, make cameos you know i usually end up making a cameo um on one side or the other or both um and, and it's, just, it's just about sort of getting that confidence in, and you know saying you know they've gone through a program that takes them to playing 80 minutes under the floodlights and then a few beers afterwards It just it's just a really great environment so i think it's a uh, it's something we're very very proud of
1: Casper, do you think it's um, something that a lot more clubs should be doing? This whole pathway to to to
2: into rugby. I mean, it's it's obviously one of the, the unique things about the Steelers, and one of the really great thing about the Steelers is, is that um, for most people, for most clubs, they will they'll turn you away if you if you haven't played rugby before, or at least probably you'd feel a bit uncomfortable because there there is no the entry. Yeah, also, ring, well, ring. exactly, yeah, or, or maybe for a bit bigger, put you um, put you a bit further, further forward, but yeah, and I, and I think that it's it's a real shame that you know not just gay people, but, but people who haven't you know come across rugby for any reason in their life, you know, just haven't been exposed to it or didn't feel comfortable with the you know what's perceived to a laddie culture and aren't introduced to it because we all know it's a, an amazing sport. Um, Brian just said it, it brings everyone. Close together, you feel like a, you're a real tight knit group with those with those friends you make through rugby. So, um, so yeah, one of the best things about the sealers is that we can introduce that to people who, um, who also probably have got a lot of talent. Like we've I played people in the in the ones who who've um who come up through the pathway and, and they they definitely fit in. So it's it's not just about um about bonding. It's also about you know making the most of um of, of, of obviously the talent that some people have. No, for
1: sure, for sure. So let's let's talk about this year then. Um obviously there's no rugby, very little rugby played in 2020 um how how did you go about keeping everybody engaged uh with the club and, and with what's going on um kasper as, as the first team captain how how, how was that for especially in lockdown one and two we'll come on to the lockdown three in a second
2: i mean it was it's obviously obvious well so for the so for the first one, i think like there was um you know, obviously, a huge disappointment that we couldn't finish up our season, and we can go into um, uh, being in which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. But um, I think that one of the hardest things have been the the false starts and. We lost Casper. Looks so
1: like
2: I think oh, I might be losing you a bit, but yeah, on on those times when oh. the where we haven't. Manage to, um, you know, actually have games. It just makes it very difficult to, I think, encourage people and, and get people to come back to training because everyone wants to play. Like that's that's why people come down. And and I think one thing we found is that we get, we're seeing quite a lot of, you know, really quite good players, quite talented players, joining just because they they want to run about. You know, people in lockdown are craving, you know, a bonding, but b, actually being able to move and exercise like like they were before. Um, and so when we're into sort of like the third lockdown, and you have to there's going to be no games until probably now September. Um, it, it has made it very difficult to organise and plan, as, as Matt will attest to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think just from, from the organisation side, you know, the biggest thing that we came into it with is the focus on community and on the family, our club family. That was the most important thing. How do we make sure that we can keep doing things that keep you know our, our community together and um you know the earlier lockdowns were a bit easier the weather was better you know you could meet up and do more training you could start up um and, and see people there was you know an element of sort of the novelty of zoom then was was there and which has definitely definitely worn off um and, and i think you know it's it's it, it, that part was better it was difficult we, we made a real effort as soon as we could possibly get back to get back i think you know, we've never been a club that's really embraced touch rugby, particularly in the past, but I think we've learned out of this that there is a real place for touch rugby within you know, our club in the future um, because it certainly brought people back. And one of the things we're proud of is we ran a sort of a touch 25 tournament to try and celebrate our 25th birthday. And so, you know, we mixed, you know, first 15 to pathway and, you know, all the way through the squads, players that wouldn't necessarily normally play together, um, created new friendships and, and got people sort of, uh, just enjoying rugby, so we had a six-week sort of league uh, that built up to a finals day on October the thirty-first. Where we, uh, when we, when we had birthday cake and a beer and celebrated our a big day.
1: Awesome. Uh, has it in lockdown three? How hard has it been to try and keep people motivated, keep people interested, knowing that rugby is you know, a bloody long time away.
2: Yeah, tricky. I'd say, like you know, sorry to jump in, Matt, but yeah, and I think that there's definitely um, they definitely one of the challenges we're going to face is is getting these people who are who like earlier in the season and partly by the Touch Twenty Five thing, which was put on with the club and was fantastic success. Um, How to keep these guys motivated and keep coming back down, and just make sure that you know September or when we're when we're allowed back, we can keep the players coming back and actually make a gain from the season rather than just um, having it all be negative.
0: No, I was just going to say, I mean, I think one of our concerns, I think we're relatively confident as a club that, you know, the majority of our members will come back. You know, I think we, we're hopeful that the Bingham Cup, which was postponed to next year, will be a, a, a lure back for people to come. The prospect of touring internationally next year. Um, and you know, the demographic of our club means that, you know, people are still friendships and, and we'll come back and, and haven't taken on new responsibilities. Uh, my concern a little bit is, 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 the rugby we play in Essex. So we, uh, are we going to see the same clubs being able to come back? Are we going to have the same oppositions there? Are we going to find ourselves, you know, either, you know, doing really, really well, which should be great against clubs that are now struggling, um, which would be unfortunate for them? Um, or is it, you know, are they, are they going to not, you know, have teams and the leagues are going to have to be all shaken up again, which creates, you know, headaches in its own right as well? So, you know, I think there's a lot of uncertainty and, and grassroots rugby in its, 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 its own right is, in, you know, a little bit in peril and we hope that, you know, we can get back to training because in whatever form, there was lots of talk about not wanting to do the scrummage game, and you know, it's not proper rugby. Why do it? But I think everyone now is prepared and ready for whatever rugby we can get. We will absolutely grab with both hands.
1: Uh, and talking of grabbing with both hands and play, playing rugby again, Brian, like how how has not being a sort of a new player, how has not playing felt? You know, not being able to run around on a Saturday and sort of and learn and keep learning and developing? Uh, it's been,
3: I would definitely say this lockdown has been the hardest. Uh, lockdown 1 and 2, we did have a lot. Uh, where Again, like Matt said, Zoom was, Zoom was in fashion then, uh, and it was a bit of a novelty to start with. Uh, one thing that our club was really good at, and Matt can take a lot of lot of credit for this, is we, we, we started back to train even before the touch 25. We got back, even though we could only do fitness and it was limited what we could do, We didn't have changing rooms, we didn't have showers, we did it. And as a player who relies on the club, not just for my fitness, and to push myself, but to see my friends, and even though we were in pods of six back then, to the clubs that I've shunned that I'd say to reconsider, because it was fantastic. Even just to get out of the house for a couple of hours was, was, was great. And then as things released a bit more, we got to do a bit more, then we started a little bit of contact. As much as it wasn't, we weren't doing line-outs, we weren't doing scrumming, we weren't doing full rugby. Uh, but we're getting there, and it was still good. Uh, and then the touch twenty five tournament, uh, like Casper said, it was good. It was, it was fantastic. Mixed everything up in the club with a good laugh. We dressed up in fancy dress for the last week. Lots of lots of banner. Really fantastic, fantastic six weeks. Was devastated when it ended. And then we went back <laughs> into lockdown again. <laughs>
1: Well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about some good stuff then. Uh, there's a documentary coming out uh, in a few weeks at the Glasgow Film Festival. Uh, Matt, give us the lowdown. Uh, sure. How did this come about? Uh, um, yeah, tell us tell us about yeah. it.
0: I mean, it, it always became another casualty of COVID. Um, so uh, the documentary was meant to get its UK release back last March at the BFI Flare Festival that's in London South Bank, um, but everything got cancelled. But Essentially, Eamon Ashton-Atkinson was a player with us um, back in 2018. Um, We were heading off to Amsterdam for the Bingham Cup, which is the sort of, you know, the international IGR tournament, 80 or so teams uh, playing. Um, He is is a journalist and and a a sort of film uh, recorder, and uh, with concussion, got ruled out of playing. So decided he'd bring his camera along um, and follow the club around and and see us. So we took six teams to that tournament um, and you know he predominantly fo- focused on sort of the first 15's campaign as uh, so there was great hopes that was just after the uh, unbeaten year, so it was uh, it was a sort of natural sort of would have been the cherry on the cake. Um, and you know it was uh, just some fantastic rugby, some fantastic stories showing showing what you know international gay rugby is about, what our club is about. Um, but then also zeroed in on three members of our club: Nick Evans, who was our director of rugby at the time. Uh, Drew McDowell, Simon Jones, and both in the first fifteen, and, and told their stories, and it, it sort of juxtaposes the sort of the brutality of rugby and and how rugby can sort of bring everyone together, but it's a physical, masculine game, um, alongside drag acts and you know mental health awareness and you know misogyny and women in in rugby and how the, what they still have to deal with, um, and I think you know it's it's, it's got some real highs and some real lows. I mean, Casper's there in that first fifteen. Uh, I mean, you know, when you saw that, what did you think about it, Casper?
2: Well, initially, I was sad that um, most of my speaking roles were cut. Um, but, uh, but, but like, no, I mean, I think, I think that yeah, one of the strengths of it it does highlight um, highlight, highlight the team, highlight sort of how close we are, and, and I think also, um, as as you say, sort of like really speak to um, you know Drew's story, Sigh's story, and, and Nick's stories. Um, they're all pretty fascinating, um, and you get to see some um, some pretty fun rugby as well. Um, it's pretty well choreographed, well shot um so i mean I, I'd, I'd definitely recommend to go see it if you get the chance
0: yeah so it's screening at the glasgow film festival uh, that's where it's getting its uk premiere i mean it's had huge support from both england rugby uh they've been sort of covering our social media and, and promoting it and being very helpful um in the background to help it get sort of more coverage um you know it, it got it was in the new zealand international film festival where the all blacks you know um showed the trailer on their social media and were fully supportive of it so it, it's a great wow it's a great advertisement for rugby. Um, and I think, you know, that's why these big uh, national boards are, are getting behind it because it just shows what rugby can really be about. Um, so it's an online uh, screening. So you can get tickets at the Glasgow International Film Festival. It's the 26th of February to the 1st of March. Uh, so I don't know if this is probably going out maybe uh, before or after this, but, you know, if no, not, there'll guys, be other
1: opportunities. put out definitely we'll put it out
0: um, that's you know, yeah, that's
1: why, one of the reasons why you know, I messaged you, Matt, because I thought that this, even if this could help a little bit, probably not on the same level as England rugby or the All Blacks. But um, all help goes, because... all goes,
0: you know. And I think I think you know everybody at grassroots rugby should look at it because it's it. You know, I mean, there's a, we had an article in the Sunday Times yesterday where it's described as essential viewing, and that's not because it's us; it's because it tells real rugby stories and it shows what rugby clubs can be. Yeah, and what it means to people um and not everybody always recognizes that i think it will help
1: definitely definitely no look, I, I think it's a brilliant thing that you were able to almost sort of be the backdrop of And sort of a beautiful film about rugby. I I really can't wait to see it. I'm gonna uh, get my ticket for the Glasgow Film Festival, and we'll put the links everywhere so everyone can uh, get their ticket. Um, So life after COVID. Then, so rugby. Obviously, we're we're in February now. Rugby's probably a few more months away. Um, How? How how can? um, What is the sort of the short term goal? And then perhaps a medium and long-term goal for the club uh, or, you know, even for yourselves, Casper. Uh,
2: well, how, how, you, how do you feel sort of what the, where the club should be or looking to do short-term? For, well, for me, it's, it's going to be really hard to sort of get a measure of what where we should be, and, and and where we, and you know where we, what what like our objectives should be. I think that definitely once the whole thing's blown over to an extent, and when we can do this, we need to sit down with the boys and the scene leaders and the team and work out what we want from the season. Um, insofar as we can, we can have one. Fingers crossed. Um, I think in in the short term, at the very least, um, we have to look to you know just build on the gains we made in the in the seasons leading up to it, and then and then hopefully. Uh, Set ourselves some bigger targets in the in the medium to longer term. Um, obviously, the the one thing you want to be thinking about is promotion and 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 winning the big tournaments we go to every summer. But um, just make, making sure that we do it in a sustainable way that isn't going to leave people burnt out, um, isn't going to leave people um, feeling disappointed, and, and basically setting the goals that are realistic for for ourselves as a group. Uh,
1: Brian, how, how do you think uh, the next sort of Period in time is going to shape up. Do you think we're going to go straight back into you know a full 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 contact season, or is it that is that almost another year away from? You know, are we going to have another season of sort of not a lot?
3: Uh, to be honest, I think it's going to be the second one. I think it's going to be not very much happening uh, this season anyway. Uh, I think it's going to be probably back end of the year before we're, we're back into some sort of proper rugby. But I don't see that as a negative thing. I think a lot of clubs ourselves included, uh, are going to have to get themselves back in a shape where they're capable of doing full so contact rugby. Uh, I think that's one thing we learned is how easy it's to forget your hands and how hard it is to tackle after so long not doing contact. So, uh, so yeah, I think a lot of clubs. Yeah, yeah, I'll come back. It's like riding a bike; I'll come back. But that first few
1: hits are brutal. Absolutely brutal. <laughs> And Matt, in terms of the club, what, what's, the, what's the big high in the sky vision in the first sort of five or ten years' time?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think the, to echo the boys, the initial thing is going to be just enjoyment and, and bringing the family back together and making sure people remember the fun that they've had and why they enjoy rugby um, and doing it in a safe way, both for, everyone, for everyone's physical and mental health as well. Uh, Long term, the club, you know... we we, we always strive to be the best we can on the pitch and I think you know we've got a great group of players um, and we've got a great system in terms of recruitment and bringing new people in that is going to uh, develop those players to continue to be better and we will always want to be uh, as good as we can. Um, What I'd also say is we want to make sure we're reaching as many people as possible and helping in terms of spreading the the word about rugby, getting more people trying it um, and helping the, the wider sport become you know the most inclusive it can be. You know we've done a lot of work this weekend in the last couple of weeks with harlequins and the harlequins foundation around their lgbt history month they've made some big announcements today which is fantastic to see and that was a year ago today we were there at the stoop for that game and it was it was fantastic to be there yeah brilliant day um, I,
1: yeah i was there too brilliant yeah, absolutely it was,
0: yeah just i mean just you know, i mean storm dennis made it a bit you know made it pretty shit with the weather to be honest with you but the rest of it was, was good <laughs> Uh, but we had we three teams out and, you know, all down at the street that day, so it was a busy day. Um, so, I mean, the work they're doing with Monash University, you know, the work the RFU is doing, they're, they're putting a lot into their sort of plans for diversity and inclusion and work they've recognised and, and, and are pushing grassroots rugby to realise that inclusivity doesn't mean, you know, doing things special. It's just about being welcome. It's about having everybody who wants to play rugby feel that they have a place in rugby because well, ultimately every club is going to need to find more players and recruit new people. Then we don't want this, this game sort of shrinking down to uh, any smaller than it already is. So let's let's keep building that and make sure people feel welcome. So, you know, I think there's work for us to do as the Steelers with the other IGR clubs in England and, and, to, and internationally to, to help with that. Um, but we'll focus on us and we'll focus on our family and making sure that we get back, you know, playing rugby um, and doing another pathway And
1: and you know, improving ourselves as much as we can. I, what a perfect way to sort of end. And yeah, beautiful. Uh, What? Yeah, perfect way to end because you know, rugby needs players. Players need places to play. Uh, We all need. We all need to get back on a pitch and get back in a bar and. Just be around each other, and uh, whether that's with with the ball in our hand or not, it's it doesn't really matter. Uh, you summed it up there with the word family. Uh, I wish I didn't have to ask this then, because you know, we ask this everyone, because you summed you, you you summed it up so perfectly. But hopes and your fears for the next twelve months is, is something that we ask every every guest and every club that we've spoken to. Um, Casper, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you hope and what, what do you fear about the sort of rugby or, or, or the I, I guess I kind of alluded to it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, was, I think I guess I kind of alluded to it in the, in the last uh, thing, thinking about where the club headed. Um, I expect the first hits are going to hurt, but, um, but I really want to be back on the pitch by September. And... Um, really hope for is that we have a cohesive unit and and as matt says we feel like we're part of the team and we don't and that we essentially just have a lot of people who are working towards the same goal with a lot of motivation and and are very very keen um my my fear would be that after you know 18 months some people maybe don't know their place or
0: Yeah, it's gone it for good. Yeah, looks like it. Uh, well, Brian,
1: we'll exactly. come, come, come to you, pal. Uh, what do you hope and what do you fear for sort of the rugby or the club in the next 12 months?
3: Uh, for me,
1: it's probably the
3: same as everyone else. So my hope is that we see some end to this very soon, at least a, a target date, that so we can get back to some sort of, you know, whether it be fitness or something, just anything uh, at this stage. Uh, I'd be pretty happy with. Like I said, this to my housemate. I'd be very happy if we can go to the gym, go to rugby, even if it's just for fitness, and grab a beer outside with six people. I'd be very happy. But anything else, a bonus. My fear is, I think as a club, I don't have many fears for us. I think we're going to bounce back, uh, and I think we're going to bounce back strong, uh, and we're in a pretty good position. Uh, my fear is for the other clubs, uh, and and are they in a good position as us? And, uh, and obviously, you're only as good as your competition. So, yeah, that's more fear around that, how many clubs this is going to cost. But we'll just need to wait and see and try and support other clubs the best we can. Uh, but yeah, just want to get back on the field, whether I'm running or playing rugby, I really don't care at this point.
1: Lovely. Uh, and finally, Matt, tell us uh, your hopes and your, your fears.
0: Yeah, I mean I think my hopes for us are that we just get back as quick as possible um, because that's what we all need. Um but for the sport as a wider my hopes are that we all take this opportunity to really look at how we can improve our setup and our systems and and who we are as a sport uh so that we can all get back and you know attract as many people uh to the game as possible uh to to sort of you know fill the fill those uh those front lines and you know back lines as much as we can possibly have to. So I think you know there's an opportunity for us all here to be, you know, selling our sport. Um, you know, I think we could do that a lot better. Uh, my fears are, very similar to Brian, is you know, uh, which clubs, you know, aren't going to make it through and you know, how long is this going to take before we sort of lose people and the experience and the, the knowledge in in the sport who from people that just won't come back and feel that they've had their time. So, you know, uh, we, you know, clubs are only as good as sort of their volunteers and the leaders, and you know those people have gone off and found new things, or have, you know realized that they just can't commit the time anymore. You know, clubs will really struggle and suffer. So both our IGR clubs in England, who are all small and who you know, need you know, uh, support of the communities, um, as well as sort of our Essex uh, sort of clubs as well. So I think mean, there's a real fear around that, and I know it's the fear of the IVU and it's a fear that we all have. But we want to have good opposition and good games and get back into those structures. So. We
1: just hope that they'll all uh, all come out of it strong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you, gents. Um, Yeah, Matt, Casper, Brian, thank you very much. Uh, Everyone that's watching, head to rugbystore.co.uk, go and use promo code FYB Pod to get 10% off. But more importantly today, go and get a ticket for the Glasgow Film Festival uh, and for the, the, the film about the Kings Cross Steelers. Go and watch it. It's going to be brilliant. Can't wait i are gonna get my ticket right away, and we'll uh, we'll all watch it together. But um, yeah, absolutely brilliant to talk to you, gents. Uh, if there's anything we can do here at Philly Boots, just just give us a shout, and we'll you know we'll post everything you need. So uh, yeah, it's been a real pleasure. So we'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Uh, cheers, everyone. Yep. Good night. Appreciate it,
0: Sean. Yes, Thanks. boys. Thanks, Sean.
1: Thanks. Thanks again to the team at Kings Cross Steelers RFC. And huge thanks again to Rugby Store for supporting our show. Visit RugbyStore.co.uk and use our promo code Pod at the checkout. My name's Sean Phelan and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable.